oh, this is my natural proclivity, but Lord, I want to be more like you. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm already like me, now make me more like you. Right. Hey everybody, this is Susie. And Cosmo from soulanchoring.com. You're listening to the I Feel Loved When podcast. The show for people who interact with people. We're your go-to podcast for navigating God-honoring relationships, whether single, dating, engaged, or married. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And now, here's today's show. Hey, Susie, how's it going? (laughs) It's good. How are you, Cosmo? I'm doing good. Welcome, everybody. We've got another podcast for you. And Susie, what's on board for today? Well, today, we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is personality assessments. Oh, I thought she was going to say me. (laughs) Yes, not. We're going to talk about Cosmo the whole time. We're going to assess Cosmo's personality. We're going to assess Cosmo's weird personality. No. So, um, yeah, personality assessments. I have a quote to start us off. I like that. This was taken from a podcast where Jesse Eubanks, who's an author, was speaking. And so this is a loose quote from him. Okay. You cannot have healthy relationships without self-clarity. I think personality assessments are great and helpful tools, but the gospel of Christ is what has transformed my life. Mm, I think that's a good summary. And we're done with the episode. Thank you, folks. Bada boom, less than five minutes. Thanks for listening. Get you out. Not really. (laughs) Not really. But the problem, so let's start with the problem like we usually do, Cosmo, and talk about why why there could be some problems with personality assessments. What are the what are the pitfalls that we see when people use personality assessments? A lot of times we find that it's overly simplified. And the results can change based on life experience, personal growth, environmental influences, because human personalities are super complex multifaceted, and kind of time-based. So Mm. who you are today may be different than who you are next week. These personality personality assessments oftentimes form a simplified snapshot Mm -hmm. of where you are in time. Yeah, that's good. It's they sometimes try to act like human behavior is static, right? That people are not not dynamic. They're not they don't behave differently given different stresses or situations, so they're just they just stay static. Right. So in that regard, they can be very limiting as well. It's another problem that we see is that an individual might feel confined or limited by the labels that are assigned to them, and this can actually lead to self-fulfilling prophecies or biases. Biases? 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 Bias. <laughs> Bias. Bias. Say it with us, everyone. <laughs> bias. Now I'm now I'm confused. Multiple biases. Anyway. Anyway. Might so, cause you to have a bias. A bias. How's yes. That? We'll stick with a single bias here. So yes, labels. Yeah. Oftentimes, uh, con- constrain our thinking about ourselves and who we are and our personality, and it can really lead to people taking the assessment results and using it as a excuse for their behavior. And that yeah. behavior could be bad or it could be good. It's just how but I am. Generally, it's an excuse for bad behavior. Yeah. And it's an excuse for, oh, I do this thing and hey, this is who I am because I'm labeled this way. Yeah. So another problem that we've seen with personality assessments is that you it's pretty easy to manipulate the results. Mm. 
based on the responses that you provide. So let's say I think that one some trait is socially desirable or expected of me. And so I'm going to answer the questions so that I get that result for myself. Rather right. than reflecting my true thoughts and behaviors, I'm going to be like, oh, I want to be seen as this way. So I'm going to answer this assessment in this manner. So they take a lot of self-awareness and humility. Mm. So you have to be humble enough to be honest with the assessment. No matter what it says about you, you have to be honest with it. And the lack of those things, the lack of self-awareness and a lack of humility can affect the accuracy of the assessment. It can really right. skew the results big time. Right. You really have to be humble and not be reading into the questions yes. or trying to manipulate the questions. Or even I've taken this before and I didn't like that I was labeled this, so I'm going to answer this, these questions opposite right. so I can get the answer that I want. Try to outthink the test. Yeah. The other th problem with tests, too, is that there's so many of them out there. And this can lead to commercialization. Oh, we've got the best test. This yeah. one really Ours gets to the right. this gets to the variables. There's four variables. There's sixteen variables. There's all these kind of things. And yes, they do come up with different tests. They do have different things that they try to assess. But which one's right for you? Well, mm. it's this one. And well, you know, you know that this cheap version, it's not going to really give you good data. You need the $200 version. <laughs> right. Well, if you want to understand your results, then you have to pay us more money right. so that we can explain your results to you. Because what the heck does INFJ even mean if you it's, don't have the it's results? It's a bunch of wonderful letters. I like those letters. All alphabetic letters. I'm, I'm pro-alphabet. Pro-alphabet. So anyway, it can lead to misuse by people who are trying to say, oh, take this test and you'll know who you are. Yeah. Or I'll be, you'll be able to understand your personality, and therefore you can get in, you can find your mate, or you can go into this career, yeah. or you X, Y, and Z. And so it's made to make you feel like you have a lack, or that you're unable or incapable of living your life without knowing who you are. Yeah. And I feel that is a misuse of these kind of yeah. assessments. So those are the problems that we've seen with personality assessments. And so what happens, and out in the world, and the world's solution is to use these tests um, to get behind one of them and defend it to the death. So I know that when I was younger, Myers-Briggs um, was the big it was, was the, the big one. Yeah. And now it's Enneagram. And yeah. you have people who are Team Myers-Briggs who are like, Enneagram is garbage. And Team Enneagram who are like, Myers-Briggs is garbage. And so it, it... And you're both wrong. It's VIA. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that... Getting behind one and, and defending it like that ignores the fact that they're all man-made and they're only as accurate as far as you understand what's being asked and have actually answered honestly. So back right. to us being able to manipulate the results. And in the end, they're all trends. They'll come and go. You know, they'll there will be a new assessment that comes up next year, next, you know, next 10 years, and it'll be incredible and we'll think it's so much better than all the ones that have come before it. Right. And yet, there's going to be another one. Yeah. Because we are multifaceted. Yes. We are complex beings. And God made this human mind with and a human heart with only, with so much data and so much, um, so much depth. It says that only God understands this. That's right. So That's really, right. we're just we're just, you know, polishing the surface to kind of get a gleam off of it to go, yeah. oh, I kind of see this kind of stuff here and there. Yeah. So along those lines, too, the world also tells us that if you get these results, 
then that's who you are. Mm. And therefore, you can't help but be a jerk. You can't help <laughs> but be super organized. You can't help but, you know, whatever the assessment is, the kind of person that you are, it's as if um, the world wants you to know that that you are um, that you are imprisoned mm. to a certain footprint of who you're going to be and how you're going to be. Yeah. And so don't deviate. Don't try to deviate. Right. Because deviation means that, oh, well, then that actually makes me feel bad. Because if you can make that change, if you can be transformed, mm. maybe I could be too. And I don't want to do that. I'm happy in this place that I'm in. Oh, I'm I'm an introvert. Well, actually, you might not be an introvert for the rest of your life. Mm. But if another introvert says that's possible, ooh, well, I don't want to give up this introverted introvertedness because it's difficult for me to think that I might be more extroverted. It's difficult to go to that place. So well, I think it's also we like to put people in boxes because right. I like to be able to understand you. I don't like for you to be able to act in a way that I don't expect. Mm-hmm. And so I need you in this nice, neat box so that I can treat you the way that I want to treat you in an understandable way. Right. You know, if you're going to all of a sudden bust out and be an extrovert, then I don't know what to do with that person anymore. Right. And that's too much work on my part to figure out your changing personality. <laughs> right. And some of these assessments do give you, if you're under stress, you're this way. If you're yeah. not under stress, you're this way. Or if you're in this location or around these kind of people, this is maybe how you behave differently. So they do give you some some um, expression of mm-hmm. your personality yeah. in different different situations. But again you probably will lock yourself down into the most comfortable. And that oftentimes leads to stagnation in your soul. Mm. Then on the flip side, there are people who say that they're pointless and no help at all ever, and you should completely throw them out. They're all garbage. Right. And I don't think that's true either. I think they can be very helpful. I can, And we'll get to, into that in just a minute. But I think that they can... They can be useful tools to us. Right. And it's and it's not a, you know, there's no place that, that biblically says, uh, thou shalt not do personality tests. <laughs> what? Thou shalt not try to understand yourself better. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, or that, that you can only use the Bible to understand yourself. The Bible is going to read us more than we read it. Right. And it's gonna, it is going to reveal how God sees us and how he values us and how he has created us. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's the best source. And again, we'll get to that in just a minute. Yeah. But so we kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Let's right. let's stay in the world solutions because the next one is the one that that I hate the most because I've seen it damage a lot of people. You think they're manipulated? Yeah, I think that they people use personality assessments to manipulate and control others. All they're doing is looking at human proclivities and patterns. But if you say it in the right way, it can sound. I can make my sound. I can make myself sound like I am really smart mm-hmm. and know your innermost thoughts and feelings based on a personality test. Right. This is where cults are born. Mm-hmm. This is where even um, oh palm readers and mm-hmm. future tellers. This is where they get their power from. In generalizations. Yeah, they understand human nature. Mm-hmm. They can probably tell by the way a person behaves walking in the room some things about their personality. And instead of looking at that and and celebrating that and encouraging the person to grow in these different areas and flourish in their personality. And discard things that are not good for them. Yeah, they use those things to manipulate and control them and um, use them for their own 
their own benefit and their right. own gain. Right. You want enlightenment. You want these things. Yeah. Come to me and I will show you the way. And and again, it's the pay us big money and we'll interpret your results. Pay me big money and I will tell you everything you want to know about yourself. And I look how, in, how insightful and intuitive I am. I'm like, no, you just saw the results of my personality test. Right. That's all you did. Right. Right. The other thing they do is that there's sometimes... Uh, we're, we're told to just have a reluctant acceptance. You don't actually have any free will. You're made this way. And people will use it sort of like a horoscope. Oh, well, I've learned this mm-hmm. thing about my personality. And so I'm just going to kind of go along that path because that's the direction the world is telling me to go. And that's who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And they're reluctantly acceptant because I don't have any real free will about this. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sort of controlled by the stars and, and how I'm made, and therefore, you know, whatever I do, it's not really even an excuse. It's just, it is. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And that's a really terrible way to live, to feel like nothing really matters. You are simply um, set upon the wind, and it will just take you through destiny. (laughs) You mean density? Density. Depending on the density, you will... (laughs) Fly so or sink. we here's what we think. Here's what do we our, think, Sue? Our, our soul anchored solution we to have all solutions, these, these questions and solutions. problems yeah. is that we think that personality assessments are helpful tools. Yes. Just like a hammer is helpful when you need to drive a nail, <laughs> personality assessments are can be really helpful. I'm going to give a couple of examples because I love, like I said at the beginning, I love personality assessments. I have found a lot of help from them. She finally has a personality. I finally have a personality because someone assessed it. Yeah. She didn't know (laughs) that she needed a personality. (laughs) Leave me alone. So mean. Oh, yeah. So first of all, um, Enneagram. This was one that I, this is probably the most recent assessment that is out there that I've taken at least and, and kind of looked at. And one of the things that I really liked about it, so I'm an Enneagram one, and one of the things I was reading about it was um, the inner critic mm-hmm. is this really huge part of the Enneagram One that there's this constant voice in your head telling you that nothing you do is right ever at all in any way, shape, or form. Right. And I remember when we were, Cosmo and I were first looking at Enneagram and <laughs> we were reading the definition for the for one because that was my type. And I turned to him and I was like, you mean not everyone has an inner critic? Like, you don't have someone, a voice in your head constantly telling you you're wrong all the time? And he said, no. Do you? I was like, yeah. I thought it was normal. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on inside your head? Right. So it, but that the can't thing, be fun. The, that, that's exactly it. The thing about it was it set me free to tell that voice to shut up. Mm, yeah. it, it allowed me to say, this is not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Just because it's what I'm thinking, just because it's what's... I'm just floating around in my brain doesn't mean it's automatically true. So it actually gave me this great freedom to say, oh, this is just the voice in my head. This is a function of a part of my personality that I can choose to ignore. Now, I could say, oh, well, that's just the way I am. And that inner critic, she never shuts up and I can't make her. And I'm just going to listen to everything she says and never do anything. And that's the that's the negative side mm-hmm. of the being a one. Right. So can I give another example from yeah. a different personality test? Sure. I know it... not everybody is team Enneagram. Right. Do you have another team? 
I have another team, and I actually prefer. I talked about the Myers Briggs was the one I kind of grew up on, mm-hmm. and I actually really like Myers Briggs. And one of the things I learned there is um, I am an INFJ, and I'm not going to go into the specifics of what all that means. You can you can look it up. Okay. But one of the things that INFJs are known for is called the door slam. The door slam. Yeah, it's more, it's louder than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The door slam is what happens when, so an INFJ, we take a long time to um, trust people. Mm-hmm. Like it takes us a while to really open up. We feel misunderstood a lot. And so it's really hard for us to feel like we can let someone in. And so when that happens and we do let someone in, if they then do something to betray that trust, then that's when the door slam happens. And mm-hmm. it's not like a, the door's left a crack and you can repair the relationship. It's like, I never want to speak to you again. No light. Yeah. It's, no it's, crack. It's very like, it's a huge shutdown because it took so much to let you in in the first place that now I don't have the energy to figure out why I was wrong about you, why you betrayed that trust, why this thing went wrong. And so it's, it's just easier to slam the door. Mm-hmm. So once I kind of knew that about myself... It caused me to say, well, that's not very godly. (laughs) That's not very biblical to never forgive somebody and to slam the door on them and and reject the relationship. See the last episode about forgiveness. (laughs) Right. A little plug there. But it it allowed me to see that part of my personality. And instead of saying, well, that's just how I am, it made me go, Lord, help me Mm. to trust your Holy Spirit in me to forgive this person. Right. This is my personality. This is my proclivity. This is what I want to do. But I know that you're calling me to something higher. Mm-hmm. So those are my two my two examples of why I think they're really helpful tools. Right. But let's get a little bit broader, Cosmo, and talk to talk to the, these fine people about how they can be helpful tools in general. Well, in generally, they. <clears throat> In generally, in generally, in general, they provide individuals with an opportunity for self-reflection, mm-hmm. and can really help with enhancing a self-awareness by helping people recognize their strengths, their preferences, and really, I think all of us want to know those areas for potential growth. Mm-hmm. And whether you are, um, you can be young or old to take these because there's as as life changes and as you go through different experiences i think that we need to consistently probably every five to ten years sit down for self-reflection you know what's going on what kind of things am i doing what kind of habits have i picked up or laid down and have a self-awareness about how you treat yourself how you treat others and how you interact with god because things change and the question for you is always how is how has this changed? Why has this changed? And is it a good change or a, or something that I need to um, find out what's really going on in my soul so I can find some transformation back to or in the direction of the goodness that God has for me? Well, and what's cool too is a lot of these these assessments because like I've I've been an INFJ pretty consistently my whole life, mm-hmm. and what's interesting about that is there are healthy aspects and unhealthy aspects of the different personality types. The good tests show you the healthy versus unhealthy. And I feel like the more I have grown and been transformed in Christ, the more I lean towards the healthy sides of INFJ. And and the same for the Enneagram. You can lean towards these healthy um, expressions of your personality versus the unhealthy. So you don't Yes, you can change. You won't necessarily change. Right. Sometimes it's about 
the expression of the personality traits versus it being a different trait. So I think it's it's both and. Right. So the other thing that we, um, when we're, we're thinking about this as assessment tools, um, as you know, something that's helpful for you, is that they can improve communication and understanding. When we recognize that there's a huge diversity in personality <laughs> traits. Yeah. And when I understand that about other people and understand about my potential for change over time, I, it really helps me foster empathy and effective collaboration and team building with individuals or groups. Yeah. And when I can communicate effectively about myself or if I learn something about somebody else, then understanding happens. And then usually there's transformation mm-hmm. within the, the individual, within the, 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 the relationship or within the group. Yeah. And that's, that's what we want. We want to see increased ability to speak to each other's personalities so in a, in a way that the other person can understand us. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like team building on a real practical level, they can also offer insights into suitable career paths, work environments based on your strengths and preferences. They can really help you identify some of those things. If you struggle in a certain environment, you're, the reason why, you may be able to point to your personality for the reason why, and that can help you um, assess that and get into a better situation. Right. We've, we've had friends that they are salespeople, but they're introverts. So it's really hard for them to get out and and do that job. Yeah. And we've had folks that are completely extroverted, and yet they're in a. We have one friend that he is in a job that, by because of coronavirus, uh, he he works from home, and his wife is gone, you know, ten to twelve hours a day. And, and he's, he's an extrovert. A, he's a massive extrovert. <laughs> And within a year, he's like, I am literally going stir crazy. I have to find an outlet. And because he knew it about himself, he was like, okay, this is something that I need. This is something that feeds my soul. And therefore, I'm going to make decisions that benefit me because that will benefit my wife and that will benefit my friends. So understanding these kind of things you know, again, with a with a career path, he thought he was going to be around people, <laughs> right? But he's not able to, so he has to find another outlet in order to facilitate being able to stay and keep that job. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting is that these assessments can help with conflict resolution. Yeah. And if you listen to any of our other episodes, you know that we're big believers in considering other people's perspectives as we try to find uh, resolution for conflict. Mm-hmm. And that these pe- personality assessments can aid in that process because we really want to understand the other person before we just start laying into them with our own opinion and yeah. our own facts and our own whatevers. Yeah. There are also great tools for personal growth. Um, Cosmo talked a little bit about identifying those areas where improvement may be needed. They can help us recognize patterns of behavior that, again, are just kind of built into our personality. But how do we how do we overcome those things? Once we recognize them, we don't have to just give in to them. We can um, help us to we can find ways to develop new skills that will enhance overall well being. We're not just stuck and stagnant. We're 
our personality assessments can really show us the areas where we need additional growth, and they can help us um, find ways to get there. Yeah, and there's there's also couples um, assessments, mm-hmm. and a lot of times those with personal growth, um, it's hard sometimes to say to somebody that, that you love. It, it could be family. It could be a spouse. It could be somebody that you're dating. But to say to them, um, here's this huge lack in you, <laughs> or here's where I, I want you to change for me. But when you get an assessment and it's at least a fairly objective way to, to observe your own you know, attitudes, behaviors, personality, it helps you to say, okay, um, I can listen a little bit easier, a little bit better, and that we're doing this together as a team Yeah. instead of, I just got this thing, it's all about me and, you know, I, you know, how it, it, it can be hard to change. So if, if you do take one by yourself uh, and, and there are, there is some personal growth, don't think that you have to do it alone. Yeah. Um, ask other people to be part of that because it will help not just you, but it'll help all of your relationships. Well, and I think it also, especially when you're talking about doing it with somebody else or alongside somebody else, that it helps you understand that, that, again, that people are different. We have a lot of diversity. And so it's not that me being an introvert is wrong and you being an extrovert is right. It's just different. Just different. They're just two different things. And then the question becomes, how do we, in our marriage, for Cosmo and I, that's the case, how do, how do I as an introvert and he as an extrovert get along? When he needs to be around people, what does that mean for me? And when I need to be alone, what does that mean for him? And so thinking through those things and not being like, oh, you always want to be around people and you don't listen to my needs, we've actually had these conversations of, oh, we're different and we understand that and here's how we can work together to make those things happen. Right. And not feel bad that, oh, you're different and you're not doing this to harm me. Right. You're not going out and being with your friends yeah, to harm an me. extrovert to harm me. <laughs> right. It can really help you understand your other's proclivities. Yeah. And sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're harmful. But generally, it helps you assess their needs and your needs, assess their fears and your fears, and promotes opportunities to problem solve and create purposeful habits or hindrances for you and your other. And there may be something that you're like, I need to create this habit so that I do this better for you or for me, or I need to create this wall so that I'm not doing this. I'm not harming you or not harming myself. So... The habits and the hindrances work for your benefit, but you first have to have the knowledge about what's going on. And that assessment can help you to do that. And what's cool about that is the deeper you know someone else, the more and better you can love them, serve them, work together with them as a team, create outcomes that bless both of you and glorify God. Right. So it's just this big old ball of love big old ball of love (laughs) we know each other and understand each other we can we experience these um this fulfillment um in our humanity that i just don't think we we get when we kind of hold each other at arm's length or don't understand ourselves and don't understand each other right so these tools can be really helpful if your intent is to humble yourself to bless others and to glorify god and it really comes down to our podcast name i feel loved one yeah these tools can help you understand about how you feel loved, yeah. how you express love, and how the other person needs to feel loved. What do they need? So we really like these tools as part of what we teach at Soul Anchoring mm-hmm. to give you that access to yourself and to other people so that you can make wise decisions and seek God 
for how he wants to change, transform, or keep you the same, or build you up, or tear you down sometimes. We want these assessments to not be standalone, but rather be seen in light of Scripture and in light of the people around you who also are part of the assessment process. Yeah. Yeah, we don't see these as the end-all be-all of how you should see yourself and understand yourself. We think that it is also extremely important to get really deep into God's Word. Absolutely. Ask Him to reveal truths about who you are and why you are, why He created you the way that He did, how these different personality traits can can glorify Him, how they can be used in the world to serve others. And so we come back to our initial quote that we agree with. You can't have healthy relationships without self-clarity. Personality assessments are great and helpful tools, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is what will transform your life. So they help us have greater clarity, but we need to see the results of the assessments through his eyes, through through the eyes of God who created us. Right. We want to make sure that as you are thinking about assessments, make sure that you use them, but they don't use you. Yeah. Yeah. Use them in your quest to understand your own and other people's perspectives. So just like as an INFJ, I could have used the door slam um, as an excuse. It's okay. I can do this. I can I can cut people off when they offend me. It's just my personality. That would be the assessment using me. <laughs> right. That would be the, the result using me as opposed to me saying, oh, this is my natural proclivity. But Lord, I want to be more like you. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm already like me, now make me more like you right? and help me to see this um, area for potential growth and use it and walk forward in that way. Right. We want to make sure that you're not manipulating or using it as an excuse, but seeking God in this first step. It's just a first step. It is yeah. just an assessment. It is not a truth. Yeah. It is an assessment. God is the truth. God can speak to you. God can use these things to help you. But it's always the best that you turn to God so that he, so that you see everything through his eyes. Yeah. Let him interpret the results for right. you. So as always, we like to end with something practical. Practical that application. That you can try, something you can, you can do on your own. Um, we're going we're gonna to actually suggest that you take a, an assessment. And what? Which one, Susie? Well, one of our favorites is the love languages one. We do love it. We think that it has really powerful, it's really simple, but it has really powerful impact in relationships. And you can just go to fivelovelanguages.com, and that's the number five, um, and take it for free. We'll have a link in the show notes in case you didn't catch that. But it's a free assessment. It'll show you your results, and it'll give you information about all five love languages. So it's really fun if you take it and... Well, the thing we always recommend when you take an assessment, read the results and ask, does this resonate with me? Right. <laughs> you know, does this does this sound like who I am? And if not, that's okay. Read the other results and be like, oh, no, I think I'm actually this and not that. That's mm-hmm. fine, too. But it's also fun to then ask your spouse or your significant other or a close friend or a family member to have them take it as well. And then share your results with each other and talk through what that looks like for both of you. To say like, yeah, I thought this really this really resonated with me and sounds like me. What do you think? Right. And then how can we put this into practice? What can we do to create a habit or a hindrance yeah. so that we acknowledge each other and that we feel loved? Yeah. 
So a fun example from the love languages for us, Cosmo, when mm-hmm. we were first married, yep. um, my love language was, um, what's my love language? There's physical touch. <laughs> there's words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. That was so weird. Words of affirmation. And yours Quality was, time. And yours was physical touch. It was physical touch. And we learned early on that when, when, if I'm in the room and you walk in and you don't say, I love you then I think you're mad at me. Right. Or if you don't speak to me, it doesn't have to be I love you, but saying something to me acknowledges that you love me. And for you, it was if you don't come in the room and put touch me somehow, put your hands on me, then you don't love me. Right. And it could be just walk through and, and touch my foot or touch yeah. my head or yeah. so throw he would, something at me. You so, could throw a pillow at me. That felt great. So he would come in the room and like, you know, put his hand on my shoulder, but not say anything. And I'm like, why does he hate me? And I would come in the room and be like, hey, I hope you're having a great day without touching him. And he's like, why doesn't she love me anymore? Until we took this assessment and we're like, oh, oh. I need you. I need verbal words of affirmation from you. That's what I need. Oh, I need physical touch from you. That's what I need. And it was, it was transformative to us because it wasn't even, we weren't doing it on purpose. We just right. thought, oh, you're just, you just, this is how it is. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm the kind of person who's physical. So I, that's my expression of physical. I would come in and give her a hug and she's like, hmm. Like, why, don't, why, didn't uh, you, why didn't you say you loved me? <laughs> and then Susie would come in mug. and, oh, you're just, you're doing so well today and I, I really appreciate you. And I'm like, meh. <laughs> but we learned what these love languages were and how they affected us. And then we wrote them down in a book. We wrote them down yeah. and we said, I feel loved when you walk into a room and you acknowledge me through uh, touching my foot or touching my head or throwing a pillow at me, whatever it is. <laughs> and Susie's was, I feel loved when we're together and you speak to me about something that pertains to me in my life and what's going on. Remember that inner critic from Enneagram One? Yeah. He, he She gets shut up when I hear words of affirmation. Right. So, so bonus she, there. she actually has some clarity in her mind. And go. that's a great thing to have. So go. we wrote those down and then we started meeting weekly to talk to each other about how did you do? Was Have, have I given you enough of this? Have I given you enough of that? Now that I know this is what you need, I want to show you love. You, yeah. And I, I want to actively show you love, yeah. not just, oh, I know this about you. <laughs> great. <laughs> then cool. what? Cool. That's... Right. It's active participation in your own relationship. When they're like, oh, what's the hard work you do? Most people don't know. This is hard work. I I am not the kind of person who normally gives you kudos or talks to you about things. (laughs) Because you ought to know this. You already know I love you. I told you (laughs) last year. I have to say it. Oh, Susie's like, oh, I touched you last week. You should feel fine. Right? You would say... I know I've already told you this before. I'm like, I just need you to say it again. Right. I just need to hear you say it again. That's right. And it doesn't, yeah, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't carry over week to week to week, day to day to day. It's a, for me, it was a, a need that I had ongoing in an ongoing way. Right. So go take the test. Yeah. Apply it's these fun. things and take see. Very long and it's free. Yeah. See if there's some of these places where you can say, I feel loved when you call me before you come home. I love, I feel loved when. You turn off all the lights before going to bed. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that yeah. you can do. They're real simple. And yeah. uh, find and if, the simplest first and do it. And if the word love hangs you up, you can also exchange it for I feel respected when. 
I feel encouraged when. I feel honored. I feel, yeah. Those I feel are, blessed. There's a lot, blessed is a good one. There's a lot of words you can interchange in there. If, if loved feels weird to you or it's you're at work and you're saying, you don't want to say to your boss, you know, I feel loved when you give me a raise. <laughs> your boss is like, I don't really care what makes you feel loved. So go feel, to get to work. I feel loved when you <laughs> don't call me out in front of my peers <laughs> for forgetting to put a zero at the end of that. No. Oh, yeah. that's trouble. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap it up for today, Cosmo. Um, you have any closing thoughts for us? Yeah. Assessments are good. They are the beginning, not the end, of personality. Seek God first. Seek God always. Use these as tools to understand who you are, who other people are, in just the, the most lightest of senses. But God is the one that gives us discernment, and God is the one that gives us power and the ability to um, be transformed by his amazing grace. So lean into him, but use these simply as tools. There's a verse in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah. This is getting at the heart of people. When you're talking about personality and who they are at their core, you're getting at the heart of the person and seeing them as God sees them. God has the best assessment to ask God. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen says, As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects man. We want God to show us who we are. He wants, we want him to be the assessor, for him to be the mirror, for him to be the one that helps us to understand who we are and who he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So Lord, we just um, ask that you would show us more of who you created us to be day by day, that you would reveal these things to us, that you would open our eyes to see the personalities that you gave us and that you would show us how those personalities can flourish within your word and within your guidance and with your with your Holy Spirit living in and through us. We just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you all next episode. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. We hope that you liked what you heard and learned something that will help you have impactful interactions with others. We think it's totally awesome that you're taking this time to invest in yourself and your relationships. We know it's sometimes easier to just shut the door and shut out the world, but you're doing the hard work of soul anchoring. So yay you, keep going, you've got this. If you're interested in our resources, in-person events, online courses, personal coaching and the like, go to soulanchoring.com for more information. And when you have a spare minute, would you please do all the things for us, you know, Follow our podcast, leave a rating and review, recommend it to your friends and family, and follow us on Instagram at Soul Anchoring. Okay, people, you are now ready to, to people. people.